That is so frustrating. Bitches, welcome to round two, Super Rugby AU. Richard and Blake present on the waves. Um, how are we? Good? Great. Oh, good, mate. How are you, Jim? Yeah, excellent. I'm glad Richard, we sorted that audio shit out. Yeah, no, things are good, man. It's nice to uh, have some high-quality audio for this uh, high-quality podcast. Yeah, this is certainly take two or three after lots of echoing, but it is good to hear you boys just once. Yeah, once is enough. Once is plenty. No one wants to hear us twice. Um, so what did you think of the rugby on the weekend, boys? It was um, four games, sort of a, a tale of two countries, I think. Um, but uh, what, what did everyone think of the games? Yeah, look, they were wet. They were a, uh, a decline from last week's entertainment value. Um, and I'm sure we'll get deep into the reasons why. But um, look, I found myself uh, struggling a bit to sort of maintain interest. Hmm. Why do you think that, that decline uh, in standard was? was uh, I just did not back them. I think I boiled it down to just not backing the play to get exciting. Like hmm. I could switch between, I could go open up a freshie, I could go hang a pierce, knowing that they'll still be trying to set this scrum or they'll just be 20 metres either way of where they are now. Like I just sort hmm. of didn't back that something exciting was just around the corner. Hmm. Yeah, I What's think it? it's um, a few a few reasons I, I guess I can hypothesise as why that it sort of never got flowing. Um, I guess I'll start with the, the optimistic side, and I think it is, it's only the second round of the season, if we if we say the breaks a new season, and they're very, very different squads um, when there's not that continuity. You know, when you look at those Kiwi teams, you take one player in, one player out, it's a small adjustment. You look at someone like New South Wales, it's a completely different side. Uh, their style's completely different. You look at Queensland, they've lost their entire second row, so their, their line-out's broken down, which has really lost their continuity. Um, then if you throw to the Rebels, I think they had this game plan that they wanted to let it sing, uh, and then it was wet, and they didn't have that option. Um, so it just it just makes it, I don't know, a, li a little bit... Th that'd be the reasons, I think. I think the Brumbies would be the only side with that continuity of team. Um, that's if I wanted to put on the rose-coloured glasses. Uh, and then I also think it's a lot of young blokes trying really, really hard. Um, they're probably overplaying their hand. And I think you can see it in the defence. There's this huge physicality. Um, you know, when you get that 60, 70 game player, they just sort of play. It's just like it's their job on the weekend. These kids, are they're almost overplaying their hand, I think. Um, and then they get a bit nervous to throw that pass. They'd rather just run into contact, which means you end up with a lot of one-out shit. Uh, and when then they let it sing, they kind of shovel poo. I don't know. That's me being a bit optimistic. What do you boys think about that? Yeah, I think there's a few issues or a few questions that I have for both you, for you boys, actually. Just from, let's see, if you want to start off with that Rebels-Reds uh, games to start off with. Um, for me, some, a couple of things stood out. One thing was the kicking options. Not only the options that they took, but also the quality or execution of the kicks. Uh, look, we always talk about the tens being able to kick poorly out of hand um, or in open play, really. But I think we need to also draw attention to the nines who kick poorly. I, I just, I don't think they're used to potentially using that box kick as an attacking option, particularly in the wet as well. Um, and I'm particularly using when we're looking at that 50-22 rule, uh, just that low skidding kick. I just don't think they utilised it enough, and I think that would allow them to get territory and I know the line out was broke, broke, uh, broke down and we'll talk about that I'm sure in a bit more but I think that would have allowed them to set themselves a little bit more of an attacking platform and maybe give themselves the confidence to go a little bit wider um, what did you boys think about the, the, the kicking ability of both teams look I still think James O'Connor is quite limited 
in his ability to kick out of hand. And um, I know Blake was speaking the first time we were to record this that um, maybe it was the checker era um, that has sort of limited our ability to kick and to kick well and to know how to, sort of what game situation is the best option to kick it. But you think about Tamua, he played overseas. Um, James O'Connor, when he was over in France, I don't know how much 10 he actually played. I don't know where this sort of 10 thing has come about, but I remember us raving about Hamish Stewart, raving about Paisami. They're just not getting the ball at all. Um, Can I ask you, well? Especially in the two games in which we've seen, and I know it's rainy and it's probably not the best thing to throw it wide, but, fuck, their attack in general was a bit stunted. Can uh, I they're, 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 they're real threat. Point. If I jump yeah. on the kick point, I think um, I completely agree. Um, there's clearly a deficit in Australia where we really struggle with tactical kicking, and I can't remember the last time we were strong at it. Genia mm. had a decent box kick. I'm thinking, like, you've got to go back to Larkham, Elton Flatley and Matt Burke until we could actually kick the ball tactically. It's been a very, very long time. I think part of it is... Um, I think it, it sounds like a strange point, but I actually think it's the competing sport market here. There's this overemphasis of needing to be entertaining um, and a sort of overconfidence that we can do it, we can score from anywhere. So we haven't really drilled or learnt kicking. Uh, and we just don't seem to be able to execute it. And you're right, in the wet, the team that kicks better is the team that should win. And I think that's what was really interesting because the Reds, I think, looked the better side, maybe. They just were horrendous at kicking the football. Mm. Um, the Rebels didn't kick particularly well either. Lawrence didn't do much. Yeah. And uh, Tamua kicked it out in the full a lot. Um, but they kicked a little bit better. So they were able to win that territory battle. And then both teams line out not functioning. It's fucking inexcusable that hookers in this country can't throw the ball in straight. Um, and, it, and it's a real... It's widespread in this Super yeah, Rugby it's wide, Obviously, there's it's a huge shortage shit. of second rowers. You'd, you'd argue our best four or five second rowers are playing overseas right now. The um, issue, just going back to the line-out for a second, I think we need to... Look, I, I agree. If you can't throw the ball in straight, that's a big issue. But the, looking at that Rebels-Reds uh, game... A lot of the time, the Rebels were getting up, or both teams were getting up and competing. So it's not just the, the line out not being thrown straight, but there's some issue with either not being clever enough with the calls or the movement, or with the pods moving forwards or backwards, or whether it's the fact that um, they're not um, having enough variance in their jumpers, but they were competing. They were getting up every time. And I think that's also a concern as well for uh, for the line out not functioning. Yes, there's an Absolutely, issue. Absolutely, but you've got to, I guess you've got to consider we've, we don't have Rodder, we don't have Hawkins, we don't no, no, have no, Coleman, I get that, we but... don't have Arnold, we don't have Skelton, we don't mm. have Carter. Um, if you were going to pick... Carter. How's he the anchoring force? No, but I, I, I'm fair thinking. If you were going to pick a Wallaby squad of second rowers, I reckon they're the first six you pick. I don't think there's anyone in Australia playing right now. Yeah, but if you... If you uh, and I know you want to play to, to... The reason why I bring this point up, you say you want to have the confidence to score from anywhere. I just feel like at times you need to play a little bit safer. How many times did we see them actually hit the front man? Get the front man up early, hit him quickly and just secure. Just uh, trundle it on a little bit and then start... Preach. I'm not saying we want to play more attacking. I'm saying I think that's a virus that's got into Australia. Yeah, no, and, I, and I'm, was, I'm echoing that. There's this that. consensus that we needed to be exciting when I think the consensus is and always has been we need to win no when New I, South Wales was winning absolutely. we had 40,000 people when Queensland was winning they were selling out when Australia mm. was winning Bledisloes were selling out mm. uh, when we play exciting and lose no one's going to the games mm. no. um, 60,000 people are watching it on Foxtel 
instead of 150,000 people. So I think, mm. um, I think you're right. I think they do need to play smarter rugby. But I actually think now the problem is there's a, there's a deficit in the skill. Mm. Uh, and that goes to hookers not executing an individual skill. It goes mm. to second rowers not calling um, strategically at line-out time, whether it's simplistic or, or nuanced. Um, or having the skill in the air to compete and win that ball cleanly. Um, and then it's nines and tens not being able to control the game. So there seems to be a, a massive lack of tactical nouns. Mm. But if we take into consideration it's round two, these mm. are distinctly different squads that played earlier. Um, it was wet. I think, you know, we can't, we can't give it away just yet. But Jesus Christ, it made for a boring game of rugby. And, that and competition is game. fierce too. It's, it's quite aggressive out there. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. These young blokes are belting the shit out of there's each a other. Lot, there's a lot of pressure on the ball carrier. Absolutely. Um, just but I think point. all of that's compounding and, and that just resulted in a really ugly game of rugby. Just as a positive, because we don't want to... And there's other things we can shit on in a minute. But um, <laughs> Did J.P. Smith's... Um, uh, level of ability or value to that team or call to be a potential Wallaby in the future increased due to the impact that he had when he came on. Um, Is he already? Has he played for the Wallabies? No, I don't think so because I don't think he was. I don't think he quite met the criteria yet, but I think he can now. Um, but that's my question: Did his stock rise because um, you saw a discernible difference to that scrum when he anchored it down on that um, uh, loose head side? Uh, there seems to be an aversion for the older props in Australia. I think it's as clear as fucking day. The best scrummages in this country are Slipper, Holmes, J.P. Smith and Tupo. They're the best four scrummages. Now, the best around the park, probably C.O. and Alalatoa. Um, but there seems to be a bias for picking the younger guys, Hooper, no. Bell. Uh, Tupo's got to be good around the park too. Oh, absolutely. He, he'd, be, he'd be at the top of the park list as well. Uh, but I think... the. You know, it is a position where sometimes you have a winger at 19, 20, 21 who's at the peak of their career. Props, they're not there till they're 30. It's just the nature of the position. Um, so I think, yeah, J.P. Smith's probably got that man strength now. Uh, and he, and he's, certainly, he's certainly offering that. I would run him on. I don't think he makes the Wallabies. There's a lot of, a lot of very good props in this country. We, for the first time in a long time, we don't have a deficit there. Um, I think there's a lot of good scrums in this competition and a lot of good scrummages. Um, so, no, I think you might get a swag at some extended training camp if they're still mm. running that bullshit. Um, but I don't know if he, if he walks into the Wallabies from the bench at Queensland. What are your... Um, you talked about the kicking before and, and James are kind of having a limited um, tactical nous and kicking out of hand has always been poor. But has that actually limited his ability to play fullback? Because as much as when he has open space, he, he can get on the outside. And we saw that for um, the final try where he had open space to, uh, to, to run into. Um, whereas at 10, he's still, I don't know, it's only two games in. And so we're probably being a bit harsh, but he still shovels the pass. Uh, that little deft little chip kick at one point when he was on his own, like, what are you doing? Let's play the percentages. Um, do you continue with him at 10? Um, do you move him to a fullback? Obviously, he's played outside centre for the Wallabies. You know, what is his best position? I don't think anyone knows. And I think that's the problem with James O'Connor. I, th I think Thorne's made a decision that he's sticking with O'Connor at 10. And, and you're probably going to let that play out for 5, 10 plus games to actually know if you get any purchase on it. But my problem is it's consistent, consistently the wrong option. So you pointed mm. to that chip kick. Um, there was a terrible cutout pass. That chip kick was so shit. <laughs> yeah, there was, was a terrible, terrible. cutout pass to a front rower. 
Like, Bowden Barrett just doesn't throw that. He knows that that's a front rower. His chip kicks are fucking excellent as well. Um, yeah, his chip kicks are fucking excellent as well. Even if you, you think back to Quade Cooper or, or Bernard Foley, they'd just point at the forward pack, truck it up, let's go, let's mm. keep this moving. Mm. I'll let you know when I want the ball. Mm. Um, O'Connor, he's eager. He knows he's one of the best players in that side. He wants to get the ball in hand, so he's overplaying his hand. He reminds me a bit of a, a Percy Montgomery almost. It's either rocks or diamonds when he touches it. But sometimes you just need a 10 to control the game. And Fuck, I don't come with this, he's the best player in this side bullshit, man. I don't know I don't know no, what Hunter he's done to justify armies. that at all. I think it's more, I'm the I'm a senior member now, more than I'm the best player in the team. He pl- mate, he, pl- he did some bloody brilliant things on the weekend. He's, he's still not the best player in the team, man. No. Do you think Kaisami is the best player on that team? Just, it's just a question. No, 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 no. Tupo would be by country more. Yeah. But Hunter, Hunter certainly uh, looks like he's going to be phenomenal. Absolutely. Yep. Every single time that guy touches the ball, you're on your edge of your seat. Mm. Every time he hits someone, they fucking stay hit. Do you know what? I agree with that. But I have to say, um, when um, oh, what's his name came on as the, his replacement, when Paisami came off, went Fire off. Saltia. Yeah, thank you. When he came on, he made a huge difference as well. I'm not saying that. Yeah, he was didn't. playing on the wing, wasn't he, Fire yeah. Saltia? Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different. And he got a fair bit of ball for Yeah, he was outstanding. He needs to be running on every game. The problem with him is he doesn't play 80. His mm. whole career, he, moments of brilliance. He's always been more dynamic off the bench than he has been on the field. But absolutely, he needs to be mm. starting next game. Um, see you later, Hegarty. I'd have Jock Campbell or O'Connor at fullback. Mm. Just um, uh, moving on to... Just because I'm very cognizant that we haven't really talked about the Rebels, really... Um, where are they at right now? Because they have a number of players who I believe are still underachieving within that, that, that team. You know, we eulogised about DHP a few years, even a year ago, and I don't feel that he's probably reached the heights that he has before. You know, and are we being a bit harsh because they don't have the forward pack to set, to set the platform? You know, if we'd have asked me to name that forward pack at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have been able to. You know, is it a case of Billy Meeks is just doing a good job at 12, but that's as good as he can be? Where do we go with the Rebels? Well, I think uh, they don't no, have you, you, you. any lightning outside backs. Cora Betty, what are you Cora talking Betty, about? Cora Betty, yeah. But he doesn't get... It's just... I don't think you can control the game or have as big of impact as you think you can at 11. I'm talking about 12 and 13. Mm. Throughout the course of their... Their... Um, their... What am I trying to say? Out of the course of the time they've been in the competition, like they've never, they've always just had massive passengers or really, really good club, club players standing up to it. You think Inman, English was probably their best centre that they've had there. And they've just like, Magne's still unproven and Meek seems to fit that mould correctly as well. Kellaway's another one and DHP is just fucking solid as anything. I love it. Every time he runs it back, he, he just avoids one or two tackles or breaks one. I, I have no idea how he does it. It doesn't even seem that he's moving that agile or that quickly. Mm. But he manages to do it, and he's great under the high ball too. But in terms of like that big body that's breaking through, they just don't have it. Mm. No, no, I, I, I agree with that point. And I just think for, for them, though, I still, I still expect more uh, for them moving forward. I think they've got enough of the to use an American term, they've got enough pieces to be able to, to be successful. I just don't think enough of them are reaching their potential. Like we raved about um, Ulysses as, as the hooker, you know, he's, and we even talked about Matt Phillip last year or maybe the year before saying that he was playing really well. 
Uh, but neither of them are, are, are reaching that potential. You know, yeah, I agree. Philip sucks. Ulysses um, is not getting to that level. Sucks. Again. He, he, um, anyway, enough, enough about, enough about the misery. I, I walked past. I walked past Ulysses yesterday. I went having dinner or lunch, sorry, in the Darling Quarter, and he was there in IGA buying orange juice or something. He's a big dude, man. You just forget how big these humans are. Just for the record, you were the only one in IGA that knew who he was, yeah? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it was in Haymarket. The thing is, he is a big dude, but I think he's been picked because he's a big dude. He was a big mm. dude at 18. And I, it's like a throwback to thinking you just picked the big bloke at the front row. Mm. He hasn't actually showed the skills on the field to do it yet. His scrum's been trounced. His line-out throwing sucks. Uh, mm. And I haven't seen a lot around the park. I'm waiting for it. I believe the hype. But I worry that the hype is, yeah, he's bigger than every other kid. Mm. Yeah, of course he was that. good. Uh, and now he's playing men. Fuck. This is where your skills and your execution, your timing come into it, and we're just not seeing that at the moment. But, you know, he's been riddled with injury, so you never know. He might come good. I want to stop the, the negativity for a moment. How about the number three? I don't want to butcher his name, but if he isn't my favourite player in world rugby right now... Well, he can't be your favourite player. Would... In, he can't be your favourite player unless you say his name. Well, I just don't want to butcher it, you know. Let's have a crack, um, Farmusili, Farmusili. Oh. I don't know, and I'm sorry if that's disrespectful. Um, but holy shit, how fun was that? Yeah. I just haven't seen a kick return like that since Lang was playing for the Penrith Panthers in rugby league. <laughs> oh, fuck he just Martin wound Lang him up like a slingshot. Mark Lang in the sh- didn't he end up in the Panthers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, mate, it was like a slingshot. They just launched him back. He just and fucking Solokai Loto just went, All right. But for the program. But it was it was part and parcel. The dude made meters. His post contact was excellent. It's just a tactic. I absolutely that love that shit. More. And that hit on Hegarty, oh that's why you tune in and watch rugby. That oh. is why you tune in and watch rugby. What what I loved about it though is imagine a year ago at the World Cup, it's definitely be a red card suspended for the competition. But the rules have changed apparently in those twelve months, and now it's the highlight of the game. It's just it's th- th- those inconsistencies I find infuriating. But I love that they let it sing. You can't wrap your arms if the bloke's in Mars because um, you're hitting that hard. <laughs> he fuck, he was outstanding, uh, and just what well, I can't wait to see him. Apparently, he's been playing rugby for two years. Yeah, he's only he's twenty-three. He's just a Melbourne local. He went around uh, and he joined a local rugby league team or something like that. And then the Rebels were like, hang on, he's how big? Hmm, let's put him in development. And he's just been in development for two years. Um, They were saying something like that on commentary. So, fuck, I'm excited. I think he's going to struggle at scrum time without a a long history of playing rugby. But just to watch him around the park, sign me up. Mm. And and 23, I don't know if you heard me, I think he's got it. If he continues his... uh... Uh, if he continues on this trajectory, this growth part, he's going to be fantastic because, as you say, well, good around the park. I thought Trevor Hosea, just... number 19. Um, I thought he's come into the Australian under-20 setup. He was butchering blokes. Um, the Rebels had taken their angry pills and were up for this one. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting game, though, because I think if the, if the Rebels didn't get bullshit calls at scrum time, I don't even reckon they're in this game. Um, I think the Reds just trounced them. That was some of the strangest decisions I've ever seen at scrum time. Um, the Reds were super dominant. And the Rebels kept getting penalties. Um, and I think that's what got the Rebels into the game. And then at that point, it was like the Rebels should have won. 
the Reds sort of, without their scrum getting the pay it deserve, they didn't really have a plan B. They didn't have mm. anything else. Um, I think they thought they'd win this up front, and they probably should have, but they didn't get the pay from the ref. And so then everything looked to go the Rebels' way, and then it was just a tale of, of two teams not wanting to win. Um, it was like neither team actually wanted to get the job done, so it just became a, a bit of a clusterfuck. Mm. Um, and then that takes us to super time. And if that mm. isn't one of the dumbest decisions ever, um, I was all for it. On paper, how good does it sound? I want a result. I watched um, the whole how thing. Bad? How bad was it? Yeah, it's, it, look, the, the, uh, it was exacerbated by the fact that we had two scrums in it, which probably took off at least two minutes in each half. Uh, both teams were more scared about losing than actually wanting to win. To give an analogy, it was like um, in football many years ago, they used to have golden goal. And instead of going for the golden goal to win, they just sat back and defended. It was very much a similar situation. They just kicked the ball to each other. And it's different in rugby league because in rugby league, you at least get your six tackles and you it will automatically pretty much get you in a position where you can take a shot at goal or at least drive the team back. Whereas in this case, they were just kicking pretty much aimlessly 22 to 22, two minutes lost on the two sets of scrums, five minutes where you're done. It was, it was and, and the ref, seemed to, is, though, the, the ref was... seemed to also forget where his whistle was because there was a lot of infringements during that time as well. Oh, he, sh- he shat his pants. But to me, it was a microcosm of everything that's wrong with rugby at the moment. Because mm. if there's five minutes to play and any points win, that's how you would play the game could not play it in your own half Mm. and you just play for a penalty like of course but and scrum resets take up weight it was just like everything wrong with the game exemplified Mm. in in one snapshot if if the game's reduced to only 10 minutes well what do we get we get kicking for territory trying to get a penalty scrum resets and that's it or at least play for 10 minutes one way, start at the half-time, turn around. Okay, I understand you want it. There might be an issue with wind or something and one team might get an advantage, but at least play for 10 minutes or during that, that, that period, at least stop the clock for, for scrum times. because otherwise, I just think if, if you do those changes, which I think you have to, you have to stop the clock for scrum. You have to do it in the normal 80 minutes yeah, as well. No, I agree it's with ridiculous. That, yeah. Tamua came out with a brilliant article today um, and I really admired him for it. He came out and he just said what the calls are. If you hear shoelace, there was like three different terms called out. And means Cuffo and Diesel. Went, yeah, we need a rest. Uh, and he just called, he made it public. This is what teams have been doing for years. Um, and it's just everything wrong with the game, isn't it, that you can get away with that shit. And the game mm. hasn't been able to respond to it. But my problem is, the only way to fix uh, the extra time if you want to do it, you're right, it needs to be a little longer. It also shouldn't be golden point. It should be whoever has the most points at the end, like soccer. And it also can't, penalties don't count. It's a drop goal or a try. Otherwise, you're never, ever going to get anything other than that product that we just saw. I um, think the drop I'd goal could, they... could, could lead to the same result that we saw with the, just mm. the kickathon. That's just harder to execute. Still, still just territory. Really hard. Like you still watch it in the rugby league. Upon territory, but yeah, but rugby I don't know. I just think are, it... they're hard to come by, man. What are they each trying? They got one apiece. Yeah, in but it made West, me think. Tough. It made me think. How good would it be if they were the rules we just brought to the game of rugby? Penalties could you go really? Um, could you go really go rogue sticks? and be be like uh, NFL and say give each team the ball? I don't know for five minutes and give it to them on the on the 22 
and they start with a scrum at the 22 and if you score you score and at the end of five minutes you lose possession of the ball and the other team trots up the other end and they have a five minutes i know that's never going to work takes but... out the turnover element of rugby which yeah. is well it wouldn't if you win the turn if you win the turnover then you if you win the turnover you lose your attempt but it's not no, even no, necessarily that, that, that. it's just chance the ref. how yeah, unwilling true. was the ref to call anything that yeah, day? but this is what i'm saying it was the perfect analogy for everything wrong with rugby the ref has too much power because a penalty is worth three points and goal kickers, case in point, Geordie Barrett, can kick it from 60 metres. Mm. So it's a problem. Uh, mm. So I don't know. It just made me think how good of a, a change would it be that penalties, you couldn't go for three. Mm. You can go for the line, you can go to the scrum, you can go for a free kick, and then you have a basketball-style system for cards. So if you start infringing intentionally, well, then you lose players. And then that try becomes much more likely. I just mm. it just got me thinking that, that that cue is this problem, and why don't you just apply it to the full eighty? Now I know it's pretty revolutionary from the yeah, way we've seen w- the game way for too a long drastic. time, mm. um, but fuck, I, I'd be interested because it just I don't know. It's that thing of in the first half no one goes for the three, but in the second half everyone goes for the three. I'd love someone to run the numbers on it. Surely it makes sense to just always go for the three. They get Ben no, Darwin on it. Like, surely it makes sense to just always go for the three, but there's some weird ego entertainment thing that plays in the first half. But since the clock runs down, well, no, now we have to play with common sense. Huh. I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to see. I'd, lo- I don't know. That would be a, a rule change. I'd love to see trialed. That is something I'd be really interested in because for me, that super time was fucking. It was comically disgraceful. Um, but I get it. If I was the nine or the ten, I'd be kicking the shit out of it. I can't yeah, have at it least, in my half. No, I get Someone that. Someone falls then, over, they give away three points. But it goes back to that point we said at the beginning. There was the aimless kicking. Get that 50-22, you know, wherever you can. Change the style of kicking to zip off the turf. And at least you then get an attacking liner. And then it goes back to the poor liner options. But at least... Sure, but that's just not the game I want to watch. Mm. I think, but at the end of the day, the if you want to... But then that goes to back to that point. It's not about what you want to watch. It's about winning the game. Yeah, but I just wish the game didn't didn't favour that so strongly, that, that territorial battle. And it does in super time. It doesn't in the full 80, the way the game's currently played, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I just think if you're a smart enough coach, unless you've got the fucking all-black back line, let's just kick for territory and take out three. Um, talk about the all-black back line. Do you want to jump across to the Tars? Yeah, the, the Colts, the, the Warwick Colts. Um, mm. it's, it's really quite crazy. Um, that they're just such a young team. Mm. Look, it's just out of this world. The, the problem for me is that's the problem, isn't it? They've mm. clearly got bucket loads of potential, um, but they are not firing as a unit. They're, they're getting bullied up front, and that's bullied by the Western Force, who we'll get to in a minute. Um, and then the back line, they show moments, but they also show a lot of youth, you know, a lot of fucking unnecessary second-man plays, a lot of drop ball lose some physicality in moments they were really good but I don't know I feel it's almost cruel these players should have been bought into a system one at a time rather than they're the whole system I mean look at that back line other than Jack Maddox who is still a young fella himself the rest of them are like 15 years old Mm. they all look identical as well they've all got the same haircut what did you think of Walton? Because you mentioned last week, obviously, we didn't really see too much about him, but I thought he got himself more involved in the game this week and showed uh, 
um, a few shoots of, uh, of excellence at times. Still a long way to go, but I thought he showed a lot more potential this week than what he did last week. Yeah, and then Carmichael Hunt came on and showed us what a rugby player looks like. Yeah. I was trying to be positive, man. <laughs> no, but it was just chalk and cheese, just wasn't it? Like, Carmichael Hunt was like, no, no, you're a 12, you fucking truck it up, and then you kick the corners when the wings mm. are up. I got this. Um, and it just it just changed the game. For me, the Tars... It's, it's exciting. There is a lot of there is a lot of potential here. But who stood up for them? Hooper, Maddox, Hunt. I thought Swinton did. A, Swinton does all right at times. Uh, Swinton continues to do okay at six. He's becoming a bit of a cult hero. I think his defence is. I, I, I haven't seen anything ball in hand though from him. No, but um, within that team, I think he needs to his role of being able to to lead the defensive effort and to tackle hard, get over the all that kind of stuff. I think it's vitally important because there's enough people. Hannigan continually enters rucks in the wrong angle, loses his feet. So, so I think he's so unco, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I think for the Tars, you just got to stick with him, don't you? They, he mm. got yeah. he got fucked over, Penny. He got handed a shit sandwich with every experienced player leaving, and they mm. hadn't signed a decent type five player for but, five years. So what I do. Qu- do? Yeah, but I think once you add in the fact that on that bench you had Dempsey, who's a who's been a Wallaby, Staniforth, who hasn't obviously, but you add him in into the row, get rid of Hannigan, um, and you put uh, Carmichael back in. Um, I think that just adds a little bit more more experience and a little bit more structure to them, um, and I'm, it may allow them, particularly because obviously Staniforth and Dempsey, it might give them more of a platform to allow Will Harrison to play a bit flatter. Uh, to get Joey Walton to go a bit more because I felt at times they were just shoveling passes at times and you go back 10 metres uh, because they didn't have that go forward, whether that's because they haven't got a big enough eight to be able to get over the game line for them to well, just that's it, that isn't inside it? ball. Tars team, you whenever. drop in a world-class prop, second rower and number eight, they're all of a sudden mm. they're a good team. Mm. Um, they just don't have the forward pack to get the game line. And what I mean by that is they're playing the Western Force, and full credit to the Force, and we'll get to their positives, and there was a lot. Mm. Stunder, for example, I thought was fucking outstanding. Um, I thought Pryor was great. I thought Lance had an awesome first half. Um, but we are talking about journeymen here, aren't we? We are talking about fucking discarded super rugby players. But you could say on the opposite end of the scale, yes, they're discarded super rugby players, but they have been super rugby players. Where the Waratahs, the majority of their team are up and coming. They may not even be super rugby players if the full super rugby um, tournament was in full swing. So therefore, it's pretty it's pretty hard to compare. They're like apples and pears, really, surely. It is, it is. You're talking about journeymen versus cults. Mm. Uh, and I think at this stage where, where they met... Uh, the journeyman just had the physicality for him for 40 minutes but didn't yeah. have the, the fitness and skill to hang in there for 80. Um, two years from now, I think it's a very different result. But I, I just think that, fuck, look at this. Like, yes, we can be positive, but look at this side. What does the Crusaders do to him? Hmm. But you could say the same you thing. You know what I mean? You're, what you're the New South Wales Waratahs. Yeah, what would, the, what would the Crusaders do to the Waratahs too? They, they would deny that. That's, that's what I'm so, saying. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's a, That part's worrying. Hmm. Um, Wes, yes, there's some things to be optimistic about. Yes, the average age is about 14 years old. Um, yes, we saw a few moments. Yes, Hooper's still got it. Um, and when you add Gordon back into that team, as I say, when you add Gordon in, you had Dempsey in, you had Staniforth in, you had Carmichael Hunt in, I think it, it, it elevates that team. Not to a standard level. To enough what? That's probably, to fourth? Yeah, to, that's what I'm saying. To not to a level that's not, that's not um, good enough for a Waratahs franchise, but it's still going to get better. But I like the youth, the, the fact that the direction that they're going in. I agree Penny's been given a bit of a... Uh, it's been given a tough gig, 
Um, but I think it's a good opportunity for them to grow because they would get hammered by the Crusaders and they'd lose a lot of confidence, whereas they're going to be in games in this super rugby competition. They're going to get lots of experience. So for them, I think it's a, it's a steep learning curve, but should be a good one for them. Um, now to the force, the fairy tale story. Thoughts on them, Jim? Um, yeah, look, probably not enough talent. I remember when Kyle Godwin got named. I was like, fuck, who's that? What do I remember him from? He's at the Tars next year. Oh, is he? Is he really? Yeah, Tars signed him. I think they're lo- the talk is they're losing Carmichael and Godwin will come in. Yeah, don't know if that's a like for like. But, um... <laughs> but they probably need someone with a bit more about them. Yeah, a bit um, of experience, a bit of add some experience to that squad. They're definitely missing a few. Look, he's good on his day, Goblin. We just didn't see enough of it in his first stint in Australian rugby, though, did we? No. What did you think of seeing Greg Holmes back? Awesome. Like he, he was. It's a terrible shame we lost him. Mm. Um, Scrummage like a monster. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about that? What did you love about the fact that the Western Force are back? Are you. You know, because obviously you mentioned Stander being one thing. What else did you love about them being back? Just the fact that there was an extra dimension to the competition or is it just a, a throwaway, oh, they're back? No, it's just cool, mate. You can feel that, you, you know, there's a big force thing out there. There's the whole Twiggy story. It's almost like the Rabbitohs coming back in the league. There's something really, really cool about it. I love the jersey. Um, I love blokes like John O'Lance. The guys won two Super Rugby titles. Um, it's cool just to, to, to watch them come back and, and play with a heap of passion. You could just see that they didn't have the fitness or the firepower. They just never looked threatening, ever. Um, they could do everything. They're, they look well drilled. Um, they just didn't look threatening. And I think the biggest problem for them is they just kicked so much fucking ball away in the second half. It's like they had no... It was full credit to the Tars' defence was just whacking them. Uh, but they just never look like bending the line. So Lance just went to the boot a lot. Uh, and it was, that's why they conceded 23 unanswered points or whatever it was. They just never had the fucking ball because they just kept kicking it. It was paramount that they came out banging to the force and they did that. But they just didn't have 80 in them, did they? No, they didn't have 80. Uh, I'm really, look, it's a fairy tale story and it's awesome. But uh, I, I, I tell you what, if. This was the game, wasn't it? Their first one back, this was the game to win? No, Surely the Tars think... are the bottom of the table. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Don't you reckon they've got a, they've got a chance against anyone else? Like a, a Rebels on a Rebels? No? We'll, we'll see how they progress, man. One game in a wet environment against a lacklustre Tars... It doesn't look good, but we'll see. We'll see how they progress. Yeah, I'm excited. We've got to give them a chance. And I'm fucking pumped, mate. I wouldn't mind one of those fourth jerseys. And good on them for being back. I just don't know if they get a W this season. I really don't. Um, I don't know if they've got it in them. Boys, I don't know much longer, but I had a few things I wanted to, to just throw up really quickly. Um, did you see the Sevens girls have been approached by uh, Rugby League Australia to do a stint in Rugby League because the Sevens program's down, obviously? Trouble. Trouble afoot. Very trouble. Very, yeah. They'll get they'll get poached. That's a big, big... Well, it's big. semi... It's only semi-professional, the rugby league. So those girls work. Um, so there's yeah. not a lot of money in it at this stage. It's just getting started. So the ARU have given it the green light just for them to get some game time. How can you not green light um, that shit? Mm. Oh, fuck. How good's that? I just... I just think, like, I know there's some talented players in that uh, female rugby league, but I don't know if they've seen the lights of Charlotte Catholic or Elliot Green. 
They're going to get steamrolled, mate. These girls are full-time professionals. They are. It's like, do you remember Tiani, Tiana Penitani? Yeah. She's making the Australian team, the State of Origin team. I think she plays for the Dragons now, but she couldn't... I mean, she played for the Australian Sevens team and was a good player, but she was definitely outshone by the names which you've just mentioned. So they are I lacking just... a little bit of talent in that female rugby league setup. Um, yeah. But I just no, don't understand how you could turn it down. If you're not on that international circuit... Why would you stick with sevens? No, you've got to be playing footy. So it's just good. It's just a temporary thing until the international season gets up and kicking. But I know Charlotte Cassick was an Oztag and touch player growing up. The idea of her running around at halfback in this rugby league comp is, just sounds really exciting to me. I think that temporary um, thing's just a fucking... That's a Houdini, man. That means absolutely nothing. Yeah, it just it is what it is. We, we've got to get them on the park. No, I'm, I couldn't I be more pro it. I'm heaps pro it. Yeah. It's just danger afoot. Troubled it waters is. lurk ahead. It is, but I tell you what, I, I'm excited. I'm excited, and I'm up for the program. You're uh, excited. The next one You're going to tune into the the female league. Oh fuck! I will, mate. That that'll get me watching. Um, the next one <laughs> is obviously the structure for the next Super Rugby competition. Uh, New Zealand talking shit, throwing some shade. Um, did you guys see that? Yeah, I did. And haven't they earned it? Ah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm with Jim. It's very that. short term, mate. Nah. Just look at the look at the mitre ten. Look at that. Oh, you killing it? Huge numbers, big crowds, massive TV ratings. Like if you don't want Australia, your game's going to be very minuscule, and you won't have any money to keep anyone. Call their bluff, then. Fuck them. Well, Call that's it. what Australia. Ba- that's basically what Australia said. And I get we could CD do with a few years not here. playing them. To be honest, we rise <laughs> our stock. And I get Steve Hansen's point. He's looking at it from a coaching point, which is, why are we carrying you? As a coach of New Zealand, I need my boys playing the best rugby every single week. That's from a coaching point of view. That's not from a what's best for rugby, what's best for the audience, what's best for the crowd. So go fuck yourself, Steve Hansen, and your short-term vision. But Australian Rugby came out today and fired back and said, we're looking at a private equity model. Uh, and we'd cut New Zealand in on some of that cash. We want a a private equity model. Shut up, man. Yeah, well, fuck cash cash money, man. If they got it, how good? Um, So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You know what? Behind closed doors, I tend to agree with Hanson. I actually think you've you've got the talent for five Kiwi sides and the talent for three Australian sides. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. But, But, in terms of a competition... Um, five and five makes sense. We've got five teams right now. Twiggies to go with the money. Um, New Zealand have got five sides. It just makes sense. Um, but with five sides, you look at the force, you look at the Tars, you merge those. I'm not saying I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying hypothetically, if you put those sixty players together, Sounds you like still you don't are, even mate. have decent thirty players. Yeah, hmm. you, there's some points to be made there. You know, Do you see? Just, um, just, do, do you see Checker might be back into the old coaching um, coaching game over in France? Yeah, good on him. I saw that too. I like that shit. Mm. Yeah, good on him. Hopefully he'll actually kick the ball over there and, and not be as uh, egotistical with the, his one plan, what works. Uh, next one, did you guys see the COVID incident, East's Rugby? Front no, I heard about it. This morning and yesterday. Just, just too many peeps. In fact, don't people love shooting down the elite? Just too many peeps at the game. Yeah, um, and all their parties over in the eastern suburbs. Yeah, those rich bastards. 
Um, I don't know. It just, apparently it was all COVID safe and whatnot. I don't know, man. People are just pumped to watch rugby. Just get off their case. Righto, journalists. I don't. I think it's nothing to it. Mate, they need something to write about, now, don't they? Yeah, they don't have uh, Ruby Princess. No. <laughs> yeah, they need something new to yarn about. Well, they've got the Crossroads um, Hotel now. They've got the Crossroads Hotel to yarn about now. Um, and then the other thing I just want to bring up really quickly, I do have to go, or I can be in a lot of trouble, um, is just a commentary on Fox Sports. And I love Clarkie, and I'll tell you what, I'd love to have a beer with all of those blokes, even Phil Kearns. They seem like really good blokes. They were fantastic Wallaby players in their time. But holy shit, it's horrendous, isn't it? Yeah, it's time mm. to reinvest. I listened to that Kiwi game. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. I flick on the Aussie game, and it was a funeral where they whinged about the ball being wet. <laughs> Maybe they should just employ us to do uh, alternative commentary. We floated this idea before, but no one seems to want to. Fox have a No one seems to want. Maybe we're not energetic enough either. No. George Gregan, honestly, like, isn't well. I don't know why he can't speak. He played professional rugby his whole life. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of pre HIA. Yeah, absolutely. It's the only possible explanation I can understand. Boys, I need to go. Yep. If you want to continue the chat, go for it. But I've got to run. All See right. mate, now we'll Can wrap I, it up. If I hang up, does that cut the conversation? No, nah, I'll just wrap up and I'll press stop record. Thanks for tuning in. Alright, see ya boys. Love out. Right. See ya. See ya. Bye.